Well, it's good to be here today. Uh, I'm Daryl. I'm a deacon here at the Firehouse for finances. And uh, I clean up the cafe. Sometimes I play guitar in the band or I do the soundboard. Um, I'm married to Katie here. My three kids um, took time off to come to church today. They've been operating a railroad network that covers most of the world. Um, So it's good that they were able to make it. Um, And and I made it. That's that's good too. Um, Greg asked me to speak a while ago. And I said, great, let, yeah, let's do it. And um, I started preparing. And then in the meantime, um, I, I had to work nights for a while, which I, I think that's about the best way there is to turn your brain off. Uh, I made it through working nights, but my, my brain didn't do anything but the basics for that whole time. And um, if you're going to get ready for a teaching, it's, it's good to have your brain fully operational. So that was a kind of a setback. And then my, my grandmother died. Um, so there's, there's mourning and there's preparing for the funeral. There's going to the funeral. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I have, I have a long list of things. My, yesterday, my, my back went weird. I think, it, I think it'll be okay today. But if it gets bad, I think I can just lay on the floor and we'll, we'll be okay. Um, this morning, I thought I would go through my slides, and um, they were all screwed up. I, I, I hadn't done anything to them. I just reopened them. I don't know what happened. Um, so, I, I, think, um, I think God has something this morning for us. Um, I, I don't really have any magic, though. Uh, it's really just some Bible verses. And... Um, Yesterday, Steve and Kathleen stood up here. <clears throat> Sorry. Yesterday, we had Steve and Kathleen up here. And all they, all they have is, um, really, Bible verses. And they say, well, here's some Bible verses about parenting, and we've tried to obey them. And um, today, <clears throat> I have some Bible verses about giving, and I've tried to obey them. Um... So, so I guess um, it's not really about the guy up here dancing on the stage, but really the question for today is, um, are you here to meet with God? Um, our topic is giving. I, uh, I set out to do finances, including giving, and I had this crazy series of slides and I thought maybe we shouldn't stay till tomorrow so we're focusing on giving Um, and uh, I think I think maybe it's been so hard for me to get prepared and get here because giving is dangerous Um, so in the words of the late great Darkwing Duck let's get dangerous um Money, money is 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 just a great big deal, and there's the Bible talks all about money, finances, giving, uh, taxes, whatever. Um, so we don't really have time to hit all of it, but I did want to run through this.
passage. Oops. Um, if we can move. Huh. Oh, well, we had it. Okay. So I just, I just wanted to start with this passage. Um, for the, I'd say probably for the last year or two, um, I've really been thinking about this passage for finances and, and money and stuff. Uh, so I'd, I, it's not really about giving, but I wanted to start with this kind of to set the stage. It's kind of a long passage, but it, it flows pretty quick. Um, so we'll run through it here. So we're in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. You maybe have heard it called the, the parable of the master and the talents. Um, so, so this is Jesus telling the, the parable. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servant and entrusted to them his property. <clears throat> to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. And then he's still responding to his servant. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His servant said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his, man's, his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was mine, my own with interest." So take the talent from him, the one that was given one, give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, um, you got these three guys... And uh, their servants to the master. The master leaves them with money and expects them to take the talents. Talents, by the way, this, this is a pretty big deal. Talent is, is probably like $500,000. Um, so we're talking about some real money here. And um, the master leaves the servants with his money. And it's entrusted to them. And he expects that money to be growing while he's gone. Um, and he's not happy when he comes back and the, the, the servant with one talent hasn't grown it at all. Um, so this, uh, let this kind of 
I don't know, set a background for for our talk on finances. Uh, we're, I'm the first week, and then we got three weeks total. Um, maybe just read this passage over and over. Uh, just think about it in the in this in this series, um, and 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 let it also set the context for talking about giving. We, um, I think, clearly this. Um, Sometimes, sometimes a parable is is really pretty symbolic. I think this one is not really that symbolic. I think this is pretty real. This is this is this is pretty serious. Jesus telling us what is expected of us, and it's it's a big deal. I think it applies to finances. I think it applies to our our skills, our talents, our uh, whatever resources God has entrusted to us. He is the master, we are the servants, and he's entrusted um, a lot to us. And we need to be out there and being fruitful with it. Um, so in the context of finances, well then, you know, we should be uh, economically engaged. Uh, probably we're all economically engaged. Uh, if you're working and earning wages, well that's pretty obvious. Um, I, I think stay-at-home moms that aren't earning paychecks are, are still... Uh, generally going to be economically engaged because uh, moms are probably doing lots of things where they're trying to save their family's money. So I think we're probably all economically engaged and um, we could spend a lot of time on this passage, but I think maybe just kind of uh, let it uh, just just, uh, kind of cook away in the back of your mind. And um, because the, the Bible has all these things to say about money, and we kind of have to make them fit together and, and balance together. And this one, I think, kind of takes us by surprise. And I think it's a really important one that we've got we to gotta fit into the whole system. Um, so, with that in mind, we're, we're economically engaged. We're trying to be out and being fruitful. And then we're going to talk about giving. So, um, I think... If we're if we're out and about and we're we're making money, we're, um, we're we're working, we're planning, we're investing, whatever we're doing. Um, I think giving has has two things for us. One, I think it's it's a kind of an antidote. If we're if we're gaining wealth, um, there is a risk that we would we would get off track with God. Uh, which we really don't want. We need we need to we need to keep our hearts straight. We need to keep our priorities straight. Uh, we need to be focused on what God has called us to. And I think giving gives us an antidote to that to protect us and keep us on track. Um, but it's not it's not just like a vaccine to protect us. It, it's also an end. It's it's a goal by itself. Giving is a purpose. Um, I think um, Dave Ramsey has said it really well here. Um, a lot of you know of Dave Ramsey, um, the FPU course that's been going on here on Tuesday nights. That's uh, the course is built by Dave Ramsey, and um, so this quote is from one of his books, The Legacy Journey. He says, "Because we are designed in God's image, we are happiest and most fulfilled when we are serving and giving." Um, so giving. Giving is a big thing all by itself. Giving is something that we we are we are built to do. We're designed to do. Uh, it's something that we need to be 
really engaged with. So, um, a really big part of giving is just the tithe. Um, we probably we probably all realize that tithing is some kind of giving. Um, specifically, the tithe is giving a tenth of every harvest that you have. Um, Sometimes people might say, yeah, I, I, I tithe 5%. Well, that's nice that you're giving, but a tithe, that, that, that word means a tenth. That's what the word means. So if you say, I'm tithing 5%, well, you're, you're, not, you're actually not tithing. It's, you're giving, but you're not tithing. Um, this idea of a tithe is, is all over the Bible. Um, it's, really, it's really pretty straightforward. Um, it's October. It's it's time to harvest all sorts of things. It's time to harvest apples. We harvest ten apples, and we keep nine, and we give one to God. That's it. Um, if this slide makes sense to you, then you pass the class. Uh, when I was in high school economics, I I raised my hand one day and demonstrated that I understood um, supply and demand. I had this really, really down-to-earth teacher. He said, Daryl, that's, that's all you need to learn from this class. So if this slide makes sense, then you're, you're pretty good. Um, what, whatever you harvest, give God a tenth. That's, that's it. That's what, that's what a tithe is. That's, um, that's something that should uh, just be going on, whatever, whatever we're harvesting. Uh, so hopefully this slide, slide is pretty simple. But, uh, it's at least simple to understand, but it can be difficult because it's about our hearts. Um, So it can be easy and hard at the same time. Um, If we we look at some some, uh, Bible passages about tithing, they're all over the place. Uh, But this one in in Malachi, um, people go to a lot because it has... It's kind of a special one about the tithe. Um, so this is from, from Malachi 3. Let's just uh, read that. Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? And he, his response is, in your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of heavens. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So, um, uh, this, is, this is the last book of the Old Testament. God is telling the Israelites, you've been robbing me because you haven't been tithing. And a lot of times people focus on, on this passage because God says, if you tithe... I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So, so there's this cool promise in there that if we, if we would be faithful in tithing, God will be faithful in taking care of us. Um, so that's a really good passage about tithing. Um, I thought it's also good to kind of zoom out on the, on the book of Malachi. Um, the whole... It's not a long book, but the whole book 
is is um, is on this topic basically. Um, I think I think this verse from Malachi one kind of sums up the the whole book. Um, God says, "A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear?" Says the Lord of hosts to you. So. Um, the passage about tithing is in this context of the whole book where um, God is looking to his people and saying, I am the master, you are the servant. You need to put me in my place. Um, we need to honor God as the father, honor God as the master. And, and he's talking about doing that in our giving, in our, in our tithing. Um, so, and that's pretty much what the book says. That's that's what the whole that's, that's all it adds up to is we need to honor God with our tithe. Um, and like I said, tithing is all over the place. Um, but just a couple other verses: Proverbs three nine and ten. Uh, basically the same idea as we saw in Malachi. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. So same idea. Um, you have a harvest to give, give your tenth, and, and God will take care of you. And Jesus, now the, so far we've looked at Old Testament verses, but Jesus affirmed the tithe in Matthew, in case you're hoping that uh, things changed in the New Testament. Uh, they didn't. Uh, as with a lot of things, they actually get harder. Uh, Jesus fulfilled the law, and, and he set us free from the law, and that's all true. But <clears throat> a lot of times, uh, Jesus just made it harder on us uh, in, in some respects, because Jesus took things to a new level, where he says, uh, I want your actions, but I want your hearts. And that's basically what he's doing uh, in Matthew, talking about the tithe as well. He doesn't want... He doesn't just want um, dill and stuff from the Israelites. He also wants their hearts. He wants he wants us to be um, cheerfully choosing to obey him. Um, so let's look at uh, sort of some mechanical details. What 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 do we? How does tithing work? Uh, if we get a paycheck, if it's salary or if you're paid hourly, that doesn't matter too much. You have a paycheck and it has a number on it. It's pretty straightforward to um, shift the digits to the right and, and write a check for that amount. It's to take 10% of that. That's pretty easy. Uh, and that's, that's a good thing. That's probably the main way that all of us would be tithing. And um, it's pretty straightforward. Um, if you're in that boat, if you're a salary employee who has benefits, I maybe have a little bit of a challenge for you, maybe you haven't thought of. Um, we're, we're tithing on every harvest. And if you're an employee, you probably are harvesting more from your employment than just your salary. You probably have other things like uh, an insurance benefit. You have uh, your employer paying half of payroll tax employee pays half of payroll tax and you pay half of payroll tax there's probably several other things that you are harvesting 
from your employment beyond your salary. So if we tithe on every harvest, there's some other harvest for you there. Um, and I think for, for our hearts, um, we want to grow into a place where we're, we're looking for more harvests. What, what else can I tithe on? Um, so think about that. Think about your benefits. Um, for me, that's all pretty easy because I don't have any benefits. I get, I get to the end of the month and I add up my hours and I, I send an invoice. And I, I'm, you know, I'm self-employed, so I get the invoice paid, and I just, I just, I tithe on that whole invoice. Uh, and after I tithe, then out of that invoice, I pay both halves of payroll tax. I pay for my time off. I pay for my bus pass, whatever. Um, so for me, that's all. It's real simple. If you're gonna, if you're gonna think about tithing on your on your benefits, you might have to do a little bit of research, but, but. Um, Think on that. Pursue that a little bit. Um, there's probably several other things that we're we're harvesting that we could tithe on. Uh, one would be dividends. Uh, I own some shares in an ice cream shop. When the ice cream shop turns a profit, they cut a check, and I, I get a dividend. So when I get this dividend check, then I tithe on that. Uh, it gives me another opportunity to tithe. Um, I, I think it really helps to think in terms of a harvest. I, when I was a young believer, I, I, uh, I think I actually kind of screwed this up. I, I was in college. I, I, I joined our sister church in Fort Collins when I was 19, when I, uh, I started college. And um, I had this money in mutual funds to pay for college. I really wasn't using it to pay for college because I had scholarships and I was working and stuff. So then that this money was still available so I could go to grad school. So that was great. And, but I had these mutual funds and I was uh, just getting into this habit of tithing. And um, I'm old. So when I was in college, this was leading up to the, uh, the big surge in the stock market before it crashed in the year 2000. So I had these mutual funds and they're growing and growing in value. I was taking uh, quarterly statements from the mutual funds. I would compare last quarter to this quarter and on the increase, I was tithing. Um, now, so I was, I was cutting these big checks to the church. Um, the trick is, I, I wasn't harvesting anything. The money was just sitting invested in and I, um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't harvesting. Now, so that... That gave me an opportunity to give, and that was great. Um, but I, there really wasn't how a tithe works. Um, so I gave the church a bunch of extra money. I'm not going to ask for it back. Everything's good. But just, just think about that. Where, is, is this a harvest when you're, when you're thinking about tithing? Um, and think about, just think about in, in your world, what, what, what are you harvesting? What, what is there for you to tithe on? Um, and think about, it, it needs to be something that applies to all circumstances. Um, the, the, tithe, the tithe doesn't have any conditions to it. Like if you're, if you're well off, then you should tithe. If you're if your finances are solid, then you should tithe. 
It should be always. When you harvest, you tithe. It's in all circumstances. I really appreciate when FPU Dave Ramsey says, you know, some people they get to the end of the month and they've paid all their stuff out and there's there's nothing left for a tithe. Well, he says that means your budget is upside down. The tithe comes at the beginning. And then the other stuff comes after that. So it is, it's for... Whenever you harvest, whatever your circumstances are, there's other giving, which that might shift around depending on your circumstances. But for tithing, it's it's just always. So, an important thing that we're doing when we're tithing, uh, an important thing about how giving keeps us on track, is that we're recognizing God as the source. Uh, There's a good verse in Deuteronomy here. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Um, we, we really can't lose touch of this idea. Um, if you say, I, I, I went out and I made this money. Okay, that's great. Oh, well, I, I worked really hard. Well, that's great. I... I put, I put my skills to use in a way that I earn money more efficiently. Well, that's great. I, there was this opportunity, and I took advantage of that opportunity. Those are all great things. But it all comes from God. Our ability to work hard is a gift from God. The skills and the talents that God gives us that make us more efficient at earning money come from God. And the opportunities that we take advantage of, God put on our path. So that's, that's great that we're taking advantage of those things and we're using them. But God is the source. Um, and that's something we, we've got to stay in touch with as a, as a part of giving and, and keeping our hearts straight with money. Um, as we're... Tithing, tithing is kind of a, kind of the, this basic building block. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual discipline, um, and we we wanna we wanna just embrace that and go for that and get good at it. And it may just let it let it sit for a long time. Get just get good at it. But as as you're good at it and as you're you're um, being fruitful and thriving. Uh, there's, there's a place for sure to grow beyond tithing. Um, don't just give 10%. Give, give 12, give 15, give, give 20. Um, um, get get in, engaged with um, different campaigns that we have going on at church or, or other things. Um, important thing, though, is tithing just always keeps going on. And there may be other giving opportunities that come along, but tithing keeps going. We don't say, oh, uh, I was tithing, but now there's this other opportunity, so I'm going to switch my tithe over to this other giving. It, if, if we keep tithing, and if we want to give beyond that, that's great, but we keep tithing. Um, so one of these opportunities that's um, right here and now for our church is the Thrive Campaign. We've been, been at the Thrive Campaign for well, almost exactly a year, um, uh, but for some of you maybe haven't heard about it. Um, for some of us, we've we're just 
We've been going at it for a while here. So uh, for those of you that made pledges, I just, I just want to encourage you to stay engaged with that and keep going on your pledges. Uh, if the Thrive Campaign is new to you, you can still be a part of it. Uh, if you want to if you want to make a pledge, uh, talk to me about it, and you can go for it. We're, we're still doing it for another year. We start, we've been going for years, a two-year thing. Um, we are, on the one hand, we're trying to strengthen the church. On the other hand, like Greg said, we have a new location in the, the south part of the city. So that's what we're raising money for. So um, jump in on that and uh, keep going on that. If you... If you've been, if you made a pledge and you lost your uh, tracking sheet, um, check with me. We can see where you're at. If you're not quite sure what your status is, um, so uh, it, it's it's okay to be late. You can we can get you um, uh, back to current and every. That's great. Just um, go for it. Keep it keep it going. Um, I want to. I want to. I want to encourage us all to be the giver. It's not bad to be the receiver, but let's let's try to be the giver. We we often think of maybe we've been in the story, maybe we hear the story. Somebody that's trying to raise money. Maybe they're trying to go on a mission trip. Maybe this money's tight and they're trying to pay the rent. But somebody in need, and money shows up in their mailbox, an envelope of money. Um. That's a, that's a great thing, and there's there's lots of places where that is how God is at work. I think the trick is, when we think about those stories, we often view ourselves as the one in need, the, the receiver, the one that's hoping for an envelope of money to come in the mailbox. Um, and I, I just would like to challenge us all that... Um, Let's try to be the one putting a whole bunch of money in an envelope and giving it. Um, the, the trick here is, I think, I think it's important to understand how God works. Um, you know, God, God could, when the, when the church is in need, God could just drop a bunch of gold nuggets and put them in the mailbox, right? God is sovereign over the whole universe. God created the universe. He can interrupt laws of physics to do whatever he wants that is possible and he he does that from time to time but generally god kind of leaves the laws of physics alone and god chooses to work through us as people as the ones trying to follow him and so generally speaking he is going to use us to meet the needs of the church, to meet the needs of people in the church, to meet needs of people outside the church. Um, so probably we're not going to get buckets of gold in the mailbox that God just dropped there. There'll be buckets of gold that somebody put there, that God stirred someone's heart to give. And um, so let's, let, let's just think about that story with the, the envelope in the mailbox and and... Just think about how, how you could be the one that's giving rather than receiving. So, I said giving is dangerous. And I, I think it is. Because it's, it, it's, you can, when people are giving, all sorts of exciting things can happen. Um, 
It's also just about obedience. We started off our series here with baptism. <clears throat> baptism is a step of obedience. It's, it's basically like the first thing that God would call us to once we become believers. Um, two weeks ago, I think, Greg stood up here and he said, um, he's talking about fellowship and how important that is. We need to be um, engaged with the local church. We need to be in fellowship. And Greg said, just show up. I, I really appreciate that Greg said that. So I would say just tithe. Those are all, those are all examples of obedience. And when, when people get together and they obey God, they become dangerous. Um, and it's, it's exciting what God can do with, with people like that. Um, that, <clears throat> that has certainly happened in my own life. I, um, I became a Christian when I was 16. And then I started college when I was 19. I entered college. I was definitely a Christian, but I was just... I was not where I should have been after being a believer for three years. And the thing that was holding me back really was just a lack of obedience. When I, when I went to college and I became a part of some of you, that's really what changed for me. I engaged with, with the local body of Christ. I got baptized. I started to tithe. I just obeyed God. And it was amazing how God used me. Um, so, so the tithe... Is, is just another one of those things for us us to obey God in. And uh, it's, it's amazing to watch what God can do when, when, when we're obedient. So, um, take that and uh, think about it. And uh, if, you're, if you are new to tithing, hopefully, hopefully this is kind of a, an exciting thing to jump into. If... Um, Maybe, maybe though, maybe though you're not new to tithing, and um, maybe you've done tithing, and maybe it's gotten away from you, because maybe you maybe you've been hurt. It certainly happened to me. My my heart has gotten out of whack before. I think I um. I think I'm probably in the running for the most wounded by the church. Um, I don't think I could say I've, I'm the. I've got the deepest wound of anyone out there, but most wounded by the church, I think I'm in the running for that. Um, so I know what it is to have my heart out of whack. And I think there are, we, God loves a cheerful giver, but there are times when we might, we just kind of need to make ourselves obey. I don't, I think there's really a place for that. Um, it's like having a, a starter motor on an engine. You know, a combustion engine doesn't just start and turn over on its own. Uh, it needs a starter motor, an electrically powered motor to get combustion to go. Uh, I think sometimes our hearts need starter motors to 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 get to where they're um, they're turning over good on their own. So I think that we we want our hearts to be good. We want to be cheerful givers, but we if we can just push ourselves in the right direction, I think I think we can often that can be a helpful way to to get our hearts realigned with God.